0: Hey, hello, it's Brent Leary. It's Monday. I think it's Monday. Everything's all still seems like it's blurring, but it is Monday. It's a brand new week. And this is going to be a really cool week, what I call the BBC, which is the Brent Broadcasting Channel, not the dudes from over in the UK, although they do good stuff. But I don't think they can compete with what I'm going to do right now, which is have a really interesting conversation with Rich Rao. Rich is the VP of small business for Facebook rich thank you for joining me man
1: brent great great to be here with you
0: so i was just you know telling you right before we started the broadcast when i when i got the email about talking to you and i was like wait a minute i I remember talking to a guy named rich Rao, and then i i looked back in some of the previous conversation and i literally have not talked to you in about seven and a half years (laughs) (laughs) and at the time you were at uh, google now you're at facebook so It's really cool to talk with you now and to to catch up and actually get your take on what's going on uh, with small businesses, small businesses and the ones that you really are are interacting with and serving from uh, the Facebook point of view.
1: Yeah, no, it's great to be here with you. And yeah, such an interesting, such a challenging time right now for small businesses. Um, You know, the pandemic hit hit them particularly hard. Um, And here at Facebook, we're, you know, we're really trying to help businesses through this time. Uh, but they are incredibly optimistic. Um, some of our research shows that, you know, despite being very challenged, most of small businesses that we surveyed are optimistic about their future. Um, and so we're excited about trying to help them.
0: Maybe we could take a step back and could you just give us kind of the high level view of uh, what uh, small businesses Facebook is serving? Kind of how, what do you do to help them get in the business, stay in business, find customers Kind of high-level view of all that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, we have um, 200 million businesses now who are using Facebook uh, for their business. And they primarily do that to connect with their community. And that could could be customers that they have today. But that could also be customers who are interested or potential customers who are interested in what they have. Um, And so businesses will post social media, just like we do, like you do as a person. Uh, Businesses will post uh, information about their business engage with their community um, and ultimately they want to drive sales and drive business and that's uh, that's what we help them do we have a number of free tools uh, that businesses can use uh, to establish their presence to communicate and message uh, with businesses messaging has been a really big trend that we've seen um, and then they, we have advertising which allows them to extend uh, their reach beyond their current community and to reach uh, new customers
0: so how has their kind of engagement with Facebook evolved during the pandemic? How, how have they turned you for helping them to get through this? It's such a tough time, and particularly small businesses are really struggling. But how are they turning to you guys to help with that?
1: Yeah, the, the primary trend that, um, that I've seen is, uh, is an overall macro shift to the online channel. And you know, there was a stat that was published that eighty five percent of people are now shopping uh, online, eighty five percent of people globally. So that's where consumers are, and businesses um, have been shifting online. And we've seen an acceleration of some of the trends. and and we're we're trying to help them um, get online. And so people are creating pages, they're creating Instagram profiles. Um, they're doing a lot more posting about themselves. But one of the things that we've seen, is this strong connection between the communities and businesses in those communities. And in fact, I'd argue that those relationships have strengthened during this time. People are trying to find a way to support small businesses. And we've seen a number of businesses open themselves up, engage more with the people who want to support them um, and find a way to do business.
0: One of the things that I hear uh, from small businesses is they, they definitely know that they have to pick up their pace when it comes to this idea of digital transformation. But in some ways, I don't know if if uh, they have totally identified not just the acceleration part, but the change of what digital transformation might have meant before COVID and what it means well during and and what'll happen eventually after we get past it. Maybe we could talk a little bit about what you see or some of the bigger needs for their shift how they need to, to, you know, shift, how they need to maybe look at engagement, how do they look at commerce a little differently than they probably had to previously? Well,
1: you know, that expression that, uh, you know, necessity is the mother of innovation. Um, That's happened now. And that's how I'd summarize it, you know, And, and as challenged as we've been, that has driven and sparked um, innovation. That I, I think when I talk to them, a lot of businesses say, "You know, what, this is something I knew I needed to do, but now I I really now is the time to do it." And the great news about it, when you talk about digital transformation, it's you know it's even broader. Is you don't have to do it all in one day. And what what I've seen is you, is that businesses have taken steps forward. And you know, uh, before the pandemic, only one third of small businesses had a website let alone e-commerce capabilities. And so you mentioned commerce and where we're headed, we've seen just rapid innovation, you know, across verticals, industries, um, you know, Main Street is one of the things that I like to talk about because it's it's been this modernization of Main Street. Um, and an example of it is, you know, we see it across all of our towns, you know, you being in Atlanta, I'm here in the Bay Area. Um, Adventure Toys here in Los Altos, it's a local toy company, uh, toy store, and they would always drive traffic to their store, to their retail presence on main street. And then when, ke- uh, when the pandemic hit, you know, then they put their, they uploaded their catalog, just literally a, a, a printout of their catalog online. So people could call in the order and then they could drive by and they'd bring it out to you. And now they have the ability to buy online. So that's an example of, of what's happening right now. Um, and more broadly at Facebook, what we're trying to do is we're trying to help businesses do commerce in a lot of different ways from, um, reaching new customers and driving people into the store to, um, conducting a transaction online and shops is an example of a product that we launched because of the pandemic or we accelerated it because of the pandemic that allow a business to create a whole presence right within Instagram and Facebook. and we've seen, you know, uh, a stat that something like seventy percent of shopping now is happening on mobile phones. So it's it's mm-hmm. the advancement that's happening is on the consumer side, and businesses are really trying to keep up with that. And I'm, re- you know, I'm really proud of uh, how we've been able to help, but more importantly, how small businesses have been able to innovate.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting because we 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 all heard about, you know, when kind of the initial stages of the shutdown happened in April, late March, April timeframe, like online shopping for groceries went from like here to here. I mean, like almost overnight. And a majority of that uh, shopping seems to have taken place on mobile devices. Are you seeing small businesses kind of see that as an opportunity uh, to not only turn to commerce, but to Make sure that the, the you know the commerce is being driven through mobile, which is where everybody seems to be you know starting their their shopping journey. Even though we're in a pandemic and most of us are sitting in at home with about ten big screens around us, we're sitting with these screens, but we're shopping <laughs> via our mobile devices.
1: You know, I, I think it speaks to how just pervasive mobile is, and how much it will continue to be, um, and that you know that, that, that there is if you think about the full funnel of how you do, you know, marketing and sales and transactions, uh, you know, the, the mobile device has become important to all parts of it. You know, I think, especially at Facebook, we saw the transition to mobile happen and people were primarily using mobile devices, uh, w- to be within the app. And, and that's whether they're at their, they're at their home or, or on the go. Um, and uh, we've seen more, uh, down what we call like down funnel, type movement, more instead about uh, it just being about your brand, which is still important. And I actually think that's a trend that we're going to see for in the next year, but more in, you know, visitation of web, uh, of, a, of a product on a website, more on-site, what we call on-site within Facebook and Instagram uh, shopping. And uh, we've actually created new um, surface area and, and space within our apps for consumers to shop because they're on their phone, on Instagram, on Facebook actually looking and browsing and discovering. Um, and then it's only natural then that the transactions will will happen. So I think this is a trend we're, we're going to continue to see play out.
0: Another technology that was getting a lot of attention, uh, you know, before, well before the, the pandemic broke out was this whole area of AI. But I, th- I saw a lot of small businesses really struggling with how AI helps them. Maybe you could talk about that. In the context of how it helps them, and even how it helps them right now, in in the midst of what we're going through, hmm.
1: I think it's a really important uh, question, Brent. And you know, AI is one of the things. I like to joke that everybody wants AI, but no one really knows what it is or how necessarily to use it. <laughs> but <laughs> the great thing about it is that we can just look at our consumer lives and see how we're using it. So an the, an example is when you log into Facebook and you're you know, uh, working through your feed, you're seeing content that's personalized to you. And then the more you interact with it, the better it gets and the better the content is, and uh, we want to serve up what's most relevant to you. So we use it all the time in our consumer lives. And so the question is, could we utilize the same technology for the benefit of our business as well? And what we've seen from our clients is people want to use AI, but they want to have control. And so I think that's the right combination, applied AI and machine learning, but have the control to understand what it's doing, how it's doing it, and ultimately be able to have um, the, the control as to how you manage that. And so right now, your question is, to like, what can you do with, with AI right now? There's a number of things you know within um, any product platform, certainly within ours, that you can leverage um, AI today. And so for an example is automated ads. Uh, some businesses are using this. And others are still discovering it, but essentially, it allows you to set up your ads. And it's not set it and forget it, but essentially, it allows you to uh, identify your objectives, supply a budget, start it with creative, and then it will do the rest. It will kind of handle running your ads for you. And so you can get better results and also save time doing that. Uh, Messaging, as I mentioned, is a really big thing. Uh, we've seen advances in how people, consumers want to message with businesses. Now, the question is, how do you serve that up in a really effective way? And technology is being used to do that. Creative is another example. And I love this one because think back, you know, two decades ago. Uh, what did it take to make a, a video ad or TV ad? You know, for a small business, pretty prohibitive from a technology standpoint, from a cost. But now, anyone with a phone, can shoot a video and then with a few tools can really make a high quality production. Um, so those are some of the ways that um, that I think AI can be used today.
0: It, it is in conjunction with, uh, you know, understanding how people react or respond to uh, like content, whether that content is video or whether it's, you know, text or whether it's over here or over there. Uh, but a lot of uh, small businesses, what they struggle with is creating content from a, a marketing and a branding perspective? How should how can they approach you know all these new technologies and platforms to help them with that? Because it's still it was hard before uh, the pandemic, and it seems like with more digital transactions taking place, more content flowing all over, it's harder to get people's attention uh, and keep it long enough to turn that. Tra- uh, that attention into an interaction into a transaction into a subscription into a long lasting relationship Mm. so how can how can they kind of approach branding with all that's going on to to really help them not only in the long term but help them you know get their word out and get the right uh kind of the way that they want to be viewed out in the right way Branding for a small business is is incredibly important.
1: In fact, I think it's going to, going to become even more important. Now, the challenge that a lot of small businesses perceive and face is that, you know, if you were to say build a brand marketing campaign or build your brand, it's kind of a daunting thing. And, you know, businesses can be a little bit nervous about, okay, how do I know if the creative I produce is going to be, you know, is going to resonate? It's going to be good enough. It's going to be high uh, high production quality and and so forth. and um, the great news about, and it's happening right now during the pandemic, is that it goes back to what I was saying before that consumers want to support businesses like we really want to support. And it's really about the people who run these businesses. Um, and so the, the, what what I've seen is businesses are really having success when they show their authentic self. When they just talk, when they just Get on camera or get in the shot. They mo- they they sit with their products. They showcase their services. They talk about who they are, um, and and it's beautiful. Um, an example of it is, and, and it's all industries. It doesn't have to be the most exciting thing in the world. But um, Tom Mulholland, he's a uh, grocery store uh, owner. Runs a grocery store called Mulholland Groceries in Malvern, Iowa. It's a small town, and he essentially went online and was doing Facebook Lives where he would talk you know, to the camera and talk to his audience about this products. And he had never done it before. And people were giving him tips. They were showing him how to do it and they were rallying around him. And he's, you know, showcasing his products. He's slicing his meat and you can see his love for the product come through. And that's the type of connection that is authentic. And, you know, I think there's no substitute for that. So I actually think we're going to learn a lot from this period and businesses are going to have stronger relationships with their customers.
0: Yeah, it seems to me that this it is a very difficult period for everybody, including definitely including small businesses. Um, but there, I've seen a lot of creativity, a lot of uh, innovation, and a lot of uh, focus on. I think you you use the term you know empathy and 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 creating a deeper connection or deeper opportunity for a deeper engagement that goes beyond like you know, traditional transactional, you give me this amount, I'll give you this product. You're seeing an opportunity to connect at a deeper level. How can small businesses leverage some of these tools to build that kind of deep connection? Uh, Because that's the kind of, uh, kind of relationship that allows you to usually to weather these hard times.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting when, uh, when, you know, March, uh, the pandemic hit. We saw this draw towards small businesses. And then, as well, um, during the summertime, we saw a huge interest in businesses um, or people supporting Black owned businesses. Uh, the pandemic has hit Black owned businesses particularly hard. It's also hit women owned businesses particularly hard. And the community rallied around them. In fact, we saw 3.5 uh, million people join a Facebook group uh, to support Black owned businesses. And we created a program. Um, hashtag uh, buy black Friday just to help bring the community and 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 uh together. We saw consumers and businesses who naturally wanted to come together, and we, we, you know, as a platform, wanted to support that. So we created a program, and every Friday was a sort of celebration of the community who wanted to come together, and it really resonated. Um, it really helped uh, people and businesses connect. And you know, I, I think you know w- what what my advice would be to businesses, all businesses at this you know, stage is, you know, continue, you know, they obviously they have this optimism, which I think is a great example for all of us in in large businesses, you know, small businesses alike. Um, And I think showing that optimism, you know, in your creative, and there's nothing like a, you know, a video, a story, you know, a, a, a Facebook live, which, you know, talking about your challenges, but also showing how you're optimistic, what you're doing, how you're changing. Um, And it encourages people to want to follow you, you know, and a good example of this is uh, a business called Nora's Macaroons. So the business basically made macaroons for special events, for weddings. um, And of course, when the pandemic hit, all of that shut down. So what do they do at Nora's Macaroons? Well, they went on Facebook, they just started to, to share, you know, about their macaroons, just their love for their product. And what they found was the community helped direct, helped take them in a new direction. The community also at home. They wanted to learn how to make the macaroons. so they were willing to sign up and pay for a class. And so she created using one of the new tools we launched called paid online events. She ran a whole event and she charged for it, and 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 they made as much money in the in one event as they make typically an entire month. So that's an example of um, an evolution that really was derived from the interaction uh, with their community, and and I think that's an opportunity to kind of not know unpredictability can sometimes be seen as a bad thing, but uncertainty can also provide opportunity and opportunity for a business. And I, I, I think that the more you're engaging with your community, the more you're going to find those opportunities.
0: Yeah, that's really great. I I think building a community around your company is becoming even more important and and maybe has been revealed to be extremely important Mm -hmm. with what's going on currently right now. Well, you talk about, uh, small retailers, you know, let's talk about restaurants there. I mean, they were having a very difficult time. Uh, do you have any predictions for how things turn around in the, and particularly in that industry, how, what can they do? We've seen kind of the, the, uh, the ability to do touchless service or, you know, kind of combine digital online more effectively with, you know, bricks and mortar but are there any trends or predictions uh, about how those kinds of businesses can give themselves the best opportunity to succeed going forward?
1: Well, I think, and you alluded to it, but we are seeing, you know, this advancement and innovation, um, and, you know, retailers, restaurants, and my, my view of this is that we are going to move to a permanently augmented state in a, in a better sense. Um, excuse me, and, and and leave businesses in a um, in a better state going forward. It is about right now weathering the storm and trying to do as much business as you can. But, you know, we're, we're really retail 1.0 and Main Street 1.0 is about driving retail traffic, driving traffic to your store or driving traffic to your restaurant. I think what 2.0 is about um, is really around managing your customers driving more customers and then driving engagement around them and then your presence your retail presence your online presence your social media presence are various channels to then nurture that and foster that and it's not only about building new channels but it's about integrating the channels as well and we talked a bit about social media and how you can leverage that Um, but what we're seeing with restaurants and you mentioned is you know innovation where you can order online and then you can pick it up You know, touchless. Um, You can, uh, you can, even if you're not ordering, but you can see the menu. You can call it in, and you know what. What I've seen is, and I don't know if you've experienced this personally, but the actual pickup and takeout has gotten much better, Um, and it's gotten more seamless, and it's gotten faster, and it's gotten more efficient. And I think that's going to provide a channel, a lasting channel, you know, going forward. But right now, especially with the latest spike and just what's happening. Um, it's really challenging. I think a lot of businesses are just trying to weather the storm.
0: When you think about the uh, the permanency of some of these shifts, which ones do you see, you know, becoming solidified and changing the way that we did things? And which ones do you see potentially just, you know, like you said, just the weather, the storm kind of changes that when we kind of see things getting back to whatever normal will be? they may fall by the wayside. How can we get small businesses to concentrate on the ones that are permanent shifts while still managing the things that are weathering the storm kind of things?
1: I, you know, there's, there's always going to be some things. So some things we do miss today, you know, and, and we do want to go back to dining inside restaurants. We do want to go back to, you know, going through and, 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 and visiting a store and being part of that and shaking hands and so forth. Um, But I, I think what's the things that will last are, are the, um, are the innovations that are producing consumer benefit. And they're pretty, and what I think it's really why why I'm so optimistic about it is that it's producing customer benefits at greater efficiencies and at greater margins than in the past. Mm -hmm. So the online, if you think about your retail presence versus your online channel, I think businesses right now are starting to say, okay, well, how much of my business is happening online? And what we've seen is there's a critical uh, junction point, inflection point at about 25%. That when you get to about 25% of your sales happening online, this is on average across industries, that you can still experience growth year on year. Um, And so I think there is a critical junction point um, that happens at that. But, you know, I think going forward, what we're going, and and then if you could line up the cost of doing business online versus in your retail presence, you start to then look at your investments a little bit differently and you start to shape them. And as you do more online, you can get more efficient. And so I think there will be an opportunity for, you know, going forward, maybe you're not gonna have the majority of your sales happening online, but if you can have 25, 30, 40% and it's at a really high margin, meaning your incremental costs are low, that means you can reinvest it back into your business, back into your products, back into your shirts, back into your retail presence as well. Um, and so I'm hopeful once we come out of this, we're going to see a bit more of a growth phase and, and potentially higher margins, which will fuel you know continuous growth.
0: And last week you guys put out a a report, kind of the state of small business, and I got a chance to take a glimpse at it. But it would be great for if you could give us some of the, the high level findings that came out of that, because you literally it's just pretty much right off the presses here.
1: Yeah, uh, thanks for asking about that. We we have been um, you know publishing a report basically since the pandemic started, really to help shine the light uh, as to what's happening with small businesses. We all care, uh, we all see economic data, but we want to provide some some richer insights. You know, given the perspective that we have so many businesses on the platform as to what they're facing and how they're dealing with it. And you know, I think there are three major headlines. Uh, the first is that it really is a rough road to recovery. Um, you know, we've saw businesses throughout the various phases. We just actually launched our sixth, um, uh, what we call wave of the report. And we just do this, you know, over time so we can see the progress. But, you know, we saw a number of businesses close. Uh, We have seen in the last report, we saw the closure rate fell to 15%. So 15% of businesses are closed, which is down 11 points from 26%. So that was good. Um, But with you know, a spike back up and more closures, I, I would imagine that's going to go in the opposite direction. So we're in that range of anywhere between 15 to 26% of businesses are just unable to do business right now. Um, half of them have reported lower sales. Um, and so they're, you know, they're struggling and they're having to cut back on their employees, on their payroll costs, on their overall costs. We did see some, some of the, you know, government um, uh, injection of, of funding help uh, with that, but that was only for a limited duration of time. So that, that's the first point. it's a rougher recovery. The second key headline is there has been you know inequality in part because of you know what's happening at home. you know female uh, businesses, female owned businesses I talked about have been hit harder and they're spending more time on domestic domestic tasks at home, you know more so than their male counterparts. Uh, we also saw black owned businesses and minority owned businesses hit harder. Um, but they are also responding. But here's the good news, and I'll, I'll, I'll close out the good news on this one, which is
0: thank you. <laughs> we need the good news here.
1: Fifty-six <laughs> percent of respondents confirm they're either optimistic or very optimistic about their future. So more than half of small businesses are optimistic about their future. Um, and you know, I, the way I like to think about it, Brent, is this is not the first challenge that small businesses have seen. You know, businesses who have gotten to this point have had to face. Challenges, maybe nothing in particular like this, but I'm sure they faced equally hard challenges, and um, and they believe in themselves. And and you know, the more that we believe in them as a community, as customers, um, I think that's fueling their optimism as well.
0: Have you been surprised, or are there any kind of things that have surprised you about small businesses as they've you know worked with you and and told you what they're dealing with? Have you been surprised by anything with those interactions when it comes to small businesses?
1: Well, I spoke about their optimism and resilience, and I'm just so, that's the thing that stands out the most, you know, just how much they are, you know, how quickly they can move, how much they're willing to do to support their business. I think the other thing that's really caught my attention is that we've had local, what would typically be seen as local businesses start to really sell uh, globally. And this is fascinating, and you know it, it's powered by what's happening online. But you know, I I, I talked to a garlic farmer in um, uh, what was it? I think it was in Nebraska, basically selling her products, and not just garlic, but all sorts of products based off the of oils and so forth, selling across the country. And you know, I met with a business in uh, Spain who basically is selling their apparel to businesses in the United States. It's actually produced in the United States, but you know they're actually they they hold a global inventory. They're selling back to customers here. So, you know that and then I met with one uh, business in in um, in Mexico where they're actually selling their you know it's a restaurant and they're transacting they're conducting orders um, online in a very small town, you know and they're selling it within a, a wider radius than they would have expected and they're delivering it. So mm-hmm. I think what what would have been the most surprising is how these local businesses what you consider to be very local have all of a sudden expanded their their reach um and, and in some cases going global
0: it, it it sounds like you know the bad situation of pandemic has kind of forced them into becoming a more digital uh first kind of business and that has opened up the possibilities of reaching f- prospective customers well beyond what they were doing you know when they were operating in the pre-pandemic which was mostly You know, location-based. Now, as they transition to create a digital uh, component to their business, they're they're finding that wow, there's other there's other prospective customers that they're able to reach, and that's actually becoming one of the positives
1: out of this whole thing. I I think it's exactly right, and you know, I think one of the beautiful beautiful things about is when small businesses do the things that small only small businesses can do. Um, as they're expanding their reach, they, you know, a, a hand signed card um, that indicates how much they appreciate it and uh, shows a relationship. I, you know, there's a business on the East Coast that I just serendipitously found one day uh, on Instagram. And then I, I was in the area. I was actually probably within 50 miles. So I was like, you know, I got to go to this shop it's called the City Workshop um, in uh, Maplewood, New Jersey. And I remember bought, going there. I met the owners. They were, you know, formerly they worked on Wall Street. They wanted this is their passion. It's a men's clothing store, uh, Roger and Josephine. And I met with them and they were just great, hit it off with them and, um, you know, bought a pair of jeans. And then uh, when the pandemic hit, I was like, okay, I want to support. Uh, how, are, how are they doing? How, you know, what are they doing on Instagram? What are they, uh, how's their business going? And I remember I bought a shirt from them, a t shirt. It was no big deal. It was just a t shirt. But they sent me the t shirt and in the box, was a card. And it said, Rich, really appreciate you representing us on the West Coast. Uh, Thanks for repping us on the West Coast, Roger. And it was that sort of type of thing where, you know, he didn't have to do that. They didn't have to do that. But when I got that, I was like, you know, I know that they appreciate my business and that there's a shared relationship and there's something that we have. And then the product and the transaction is a means, uh, you know, of of a relationship between a business and a customer. And so as my advice is businesses are starting to really get customers all over, um, foster that relationship as if the person is right there in your local community.
0: Uh, One question before I ask you the biggest question of all at the end of this, Uh, are you seeing uh, small businesses use one of the two channels whether it's they focus more on Facebook or versus more on uh, Instagram or are, you, are they kind of incorporating how they leverage each channel uh, in a more you know, integrated fashion?
1: What I've seen is that businesses will start with typically one of Facebook, Instagram and increasingly WhatsApp mm-hmm. um, and especially internationally uh, and globally. And then they they start with one they'll create an ig profile or a facebook page or or business presence on whatsapp they'll then start to open it up um and then they quickly realize that there are you know similar audience but also different audiences on each of the products and so they'll then uh, move and and they'll you know kind of uh, create their presence across multiple platforms multiple of the products and our tools you to do that pretty easily now. Um, advertising is a good example. Once you go to advertise, you can just kind of check the box um, and opt in to advertise across our platforms and it'll optimize for you. So based upon your product, your audience, your ad, it'll actually spend your dollar and find the best audience for that for that money you're investing uh, to drive the most value. Um, and so that's. One thing we've seen that a lot of businesses they start with one but then they rapidly expand and they see the benefits and that the efficiency of scale that comes along with that
0: that's cool and i'm i'm, I'm assuming because there's a pretty low cost of interest entry entry for advertising are you seeing even like more experimentation be, between small businesses saying you know i never really thought about you know doing you know advertising but maybe it's time and maybe i could use you know try it with a couple of bucks and try it out
1: we have seen an increase in experimentation with using our products, including advertising. Uh, we've seen um, people engage a lot more with their free tools, and you know, messaging is one of the trends that was already been in place before the pandemic. That accelerated, so more messaging, as you can imagine, between businesses. Um, it used to be you would you know call the phone and they would pick up in the store, but now messaging is this sort of uh, you know, ever-present uh, channel uh, that's available to you. Um, and then advertising, um, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, anyone with a few dollars and with a mobile phone can create an ad. So the barriers to entry are very low. Um, and it, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, what we see, you know, typically businesses will try ads for 60 days, 90 days, and then they start to see, uh, they optimize their creative, they optimize their ads, uh, personalization, they optimize um you know their objectives and then they start to see the gains and the returns kind of come through and so it doesn't have to take you know a full year of investment before you see the return um and the attribution to which you can measure the results is one of the key differentiators you know that's kind of how it's different than doing a radio ad or not you know all all forms of advertising you know can be very effective for you but one of the unique things about digital advertising and on facebook is you can measure and see pretty quickly how things are going um and yeah, we've we've seen we've seen that work for a lot of businesses.
0: Rich, this has been great. I really appreciate you taking time to do this. Where can people learn about a little bit more about the, the report or any of the other things that we talked about today?
1: Yeah, so we've got we, we've got a, um, a wealth of information available online, and you can go to Facebook.com/business, and and that'll tell you if you're a small business a lot about uh, what we have to offer, and um, and we, we also have, you know, particularly for businesses who are trying to. Uh, right now, I, I know we're, we're right thick in the middle of the holiday season, but we actually launched some content specific for the holidays. And um, and you can go check that out at facebook.com slash season of support, uh, where we've got a whole bunch of modules to help businesses learn how to get online, manage their presence uh, and drive transactions.
0: And the final question and the most important question of the day, who is your favorite football team?
1: All right, now now we're talking uh, football. <laughs> well, I am a I'm a Cowboys fan, uh, oh. which has been a tough season. It's a tough season in the NFC East, but you know, Brent, last week or yesterday, I don't know what happened. Three out of the four teams won, so I don't I don't know what's happening. Uh,
0: this yeah, it, it was the uh, the did we have some kind of a a lunar eclipse yesterday or something? I mean, everything lined up for the the NFC. I hate to say it but we've been calling it the NFC least uh, for a while now but you know I typically I I you know the Dallas I have a pretty bad history with the Cowboys considering when I was a little mm-hmm. kid in the 70s they ruined many uh, uh NFC championship game for me uh but I've, I've I've actually kind of moved on and so I'm not as upset now if you had to say you are a Patriots fan we probably would have had a different ending to this discussion. But, <laughs> how so how, can I ask you a question, Brent then?
1: Sure. Absolutely. So yeah. What, what do you think about the Rams chances this year?
0: Oh, don't, don't do that to me, man. I I'm, I'm very superstitious. And I, <laughs> anybody who knows me knows like when the Rams are on, I go into what I call the, the no comment zone. The, I don't take calls. I don't, I'm not on social. I don't talk. And, and, and if they win that game, then I'll do the same routine over and over. So I'm in the middle of, you know, I'm not saying a thing. I, I we are in a tough division. You know, we're tied with the Seahawks, is what I like to call them. You know, the Seahawks. Uh, and so, you know, I, I'm just trying to get through the season without losing it. That's that's my official comment, man. <laughs> now, let me ask you one: Are do you who do you think is going to come out of the East? I mean, the Giants. I thought had a little grip on it. They lost and then everybody else won. So technically every team in the NFC East is still in it. It's still in it. Yeah. Which is unbelievable to
1: think about. Um, And, and yeah, I, I don't know. I watched that Giants game, you know, and I, I went to Texas. So I was, I was hopeful Colt McCoy would get in and win another game, but Daniel Jones kind of struggled and all of that. and And then the, but the Eagles coming from nowhere, you know, Jalen hurts and, uh, I, but I gotta say, I think Washington is uh, is is my favorite right now. I you know anything can happen, but but I think that defense just gives them a chance every single game. Um, so I'm I'm gonna have to go with the Redskins, the, the my rival, the Redskins.
0: I know. Well, uh, well, as long as uh, Alex Smith is back, I think he might have a shot. But if he if he's you know banged up a little bit, that might change the equation. But we shall see. I'm just glad that uh, we have a chance to to win our division. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> but, hey, this has been great. Love catching up. It's, it's We cannot let another seven and a half, eight years go by without us doing that.
1: I agree. Uh, so glad to, to be on with you, Brent. Thank you so much. Great to be here with you.
0: Thank you. And uh, I will be back tomorrow with a really cool uh, – we're actually talking about Uh, privacy and data and all that kind of stuff with the folks at Zoho. So stay tuned for that tomorrow on, as I said, the BBC Brent broadcasting channel, not the other guys, although they do pretty good stuff. Take care and I will see you tomorrow.